This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 88, Behind by Week 2. I think it's just, I think I, I love being able to impact the world. And yeah. while it's a, a small way, um, being able to meet with the future of tomorrow and give them opportunities to become smarter and more intelligent, uh, it's just, it, it's rewarding. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to us in your favorite podcast player. Just a little tip as we get into summer, I just found this out the other day that if you have a Alexa at home or a Google uh, Play that or a Google Mini, or Google Home Hub, I guess they call it, uh, all you need to do is say, uh, hey Alexa, play the latest episode of Shifting Our Schools and it will automatically play on your Alexa or your Google Home Hub. And seeing that I have an Alexa here in the office, I think she's going to probably start playing because I just said that. So uh, that's how great it is. But just think this summer, you know, if you're doing the dishes or sitting around, you can always, if you've got one of those in your house, uh, you can also listen to us there as well. But uh, appreciate you tuning in this week. It's always great. Hopefully summer is in full swing with you. Uh, also, just a quick reminder, if you love uh, any of these episodes, you can always reach out to us here. We love hearing from our listeners. Uh, we've got a Flipgrid set up. If you'd like to leave us a Flipgrid, uh, you can throw me a comment uh, or you can leave a comment on any episode for one of our guests. And you can do all of that over at the sospodcast.org website. So if you just head over to sospodcast.org, pretty easy there. You can find uh, all kinds of ways to become part of our community. Uh, and of course, on uh, Twitter and social networks at hashtag sospodcast podcast. Hopefully you're starting to settle into your summer vacation, whatever that might mean for you. My wife and I are actually in full swing and fixing up our latest renovation project. Um, about two years ago, we decided to start a real estate investment company called G3 Homes, which stands for Galloway Girls and Their Guys. Um, and so what I love about it is, uh, you know, working on homes, renovating homes. We take these old homes. For example, we're taking one now that was built in 1908 uh, that has was really in, in disrepair and bringing it back to life. So my school counselor uh, wife is always wanting to take things uh, that are broken and, and help to repair them. And, and I love just some, doing something completely different uh, outside of education. And how crazy is it? that a fourth grade teacher and a school counselor can reinvent themselves uh, as real estate investors in 2019 with nothing more than some podcasts, some YouTube videos, uh, and that's it. And it's just been an incredible ride the last two years, but that's my summer is we're working on this property. Uh, so you can actually follow us if you didn't know all this and you'd like to kind of follow this summer and, and see where I am when I'm not standing here recording podcasts. Uh, the rest of the time, I'm actually uh, inside a house uh, this week laying flooring. Uh, so that's what we're doing. But you can follow us over at Instagram. We set up an Instagram account. It's just G3Homes. It's the number three. So G, the number three homes over at Instagram or G3-Homes.com if you're interested in any kind of um, uh, real estate stuff. Um, it's my wife watched, I, I always joke that this is what happens when uh, my wife watched HGTV for six years. Uh, and next thing you know, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> we're the ones that are renovating homes and uh, have some rental properties and stuff. But anyways, that's my summer. Just thought I'd give you a little tidbit and see what I'm working on. So I will keep this uh, pretty short over the summer is most of the time I'm out 
working on those homes. But we do have some great episodes for you coming up, uh, including this week. This week, I have a great conversation with Tom, who is a middle school history teacher in the Enumclaw School District. And what, he lo- what I love about this is, is his, he goes in-depth into how he focuses on bringing current events that relate to this generation into everyday learning in his history classroom. And I think we talk a lot about that, that with this generation specifically, but with all generations, but with this generation, you know, the, that we need to, they are a me generation. And so we have to bring those current events, something in their world into their teaching to get them interested. And history is a great way to do that. And you hear some great ideas from Tom today and how he brings that into his classroom. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Enjoy your summer. Uh, And with that, on with the show. All right, so we're going to try this again. Uh, (laughs) See that my computer freaked out on me. So uh, this is our conversation with Tom, take two, here at Shifting Our Schools, because uh, we were in the middle of a great conversation, and the computer decided to have a fit. So uh, welcome back, Tom, and I think we'll start again with just kind of your, and I love it, because I wouldn't have you repeat it if it wasn't a great story of how you got (laughs) into education. So if you don't mind telling us once again, and then we'll get on with the the rest of it here. So welcome, Tom, to Shifting Our Schools. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Um, so I've been teaching probably, uh, well, just under 20 years now. And uh, teaching is a, a second career for me. Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm. And after, after uh, graduating from high school, I went on to college and uh, was a business major and was fortunate to catch on with a, an international corporation and, and really thought that's where I wanted to be. But it didn't take me too long to realize that what I was doing wasn't necessarily making me happy. Um, it, it paid very well, and I think that's was was what kept me there as long as it did. But my happiness just wasn't wasn't enough for what yeah. um, for what I needed. And I started looking into my past of who it was that meant the most to me, or, or to me, or had the most influence in my life. And, and everybody was a teacher in some way. Cool. Um, so. Out of the blue one morning, I opened up the newspaper back when we had newspapers and there was an ad uh, that was a, a partnership between Eastern Washington University and the Kent School District. And it said that you could go back to school and in a year and a half have your master's and your teaching certificate um, and, and you could be a teacher. And I felt like there was a reason that day that I saw that ad and on my way to work, I made a phone call and they had me come in for an interview, and by noon that day, I called my bosses and gave them my two weeks' notice, and two and a half weeks later, I was in a classroom, and a year later, I was a certified teacher, and I honestly can say the minute or the day that I, I made that phone call quitting my old job, I yeah. haven't gone to work a day since because I just have so much fun that I, it doesn't feel like a job. It's yeah. just, it's it's a passion that I have, and and every day I get to hang out and play with kids and do some cool things. And, and they send me a paycheck once a month, which is just yeah. a bonus. So. Yeah. so talk a bit about that. What is it about teaching? Like, what is it for you that is the, that just get up in the morning and love doing this work? If you had well, to put your finger on it, what is it for you? You know, I, I think it's just, I think I, I love being able to impact the world. And yeah. while it's a, a small way, um, being able to, meet with the future of tomorrow and give them opportunities to become smarter and more intelligent. Uh, it's just, it, it's rewarding and, yeah. and it's, it's fun. And I wa- I love watching the kids be able to come into their own and, and, and 
learn how to think. I, I know that we've talked a lot about like, what, what's your philosophy? And I don't know if I've ever had a philosophy in teaching, but I've always felt like if you can't think, you can't succeed. And, mm. and I, I've, I've been very, from, from the very start, the most important thing I've always wanted my students to do is to learn how to think for themselves. And so my teaching and what gets me to come to work every day is to have the opportunity to get my students to be able to just think and know how to think. And, you know, especially today, more and more, what's the point of memorizing things? What's the point of having the, just a, the ability to recall a certain fact? Because we're carrying around encyclopedias in our pocket all the yeah. time. So I don't really need my students to know specific dates. I need them to know the big picture and the reason why. Um, and at the very beginning of the year, we focus on why is it that we study history and, and what's the point of all this and who cares about a bunch of dead people. And by yeah. the end of the year, they're able to connect everything from 3000 years ago with something that's happening right this minute. And that, um, that feeling to have a, a middle school student have the ability to do that is what makes, you know, I guess what makes me keep doing what I do. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I think, it's really, it's great, you know, and, and I think the idea that you've been, you've been doing this for 20 years. And so you've had those kids, you know, and I love you say, you know, impact the world in a small way. And, and I think we say that a lot, but it's really, we impact the world a lot more. It's not 30 kids like you, I don't know, 120 kids a year you're impacting times 20 years. You start to add it up. You know, the impact that we as educators have on the world is, is so, so powerful. And, and I love following up with kids. Um, and just seeing where they go, you know, right. and, and where and how do they go. And that's the thing I love about being in the industry uh, for a long period of time is those mm -hmm. connections with people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So you talked a little bit about um, middle school. So kind of give us, what, do you what are you teaching now in middle school history? Uh, mm -hmm. Seventh, eighth grade, seventh grade, kind of where, 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 where are you at right now? Yeah, well, I teach sixth grade uh, ancient history. Um, and, you know, for these kids, I'm ancient. So to get them to understand that, <laughs> Uh, that 40, 44 isn't ancient, you guys. Um, yeah. It goes back a little further than that, like, you know, 4,400 years. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time at the beginning of the year just getting them to understand how, how 4,400 years ago really isn't that long ago and, and how long the earth has been here. And then, um, and then sort of bringing them in with a lot of current events uh, so that, you know, they can relate to more of what's going on in their world. So that makes it a lot easier to then get them to understand the importance of what was happening a long time ago and, you know, the impact that it's even being felt today. And yeah. so anytime something happens in the Middle East, which is every day, we yeah. can connect that to Mesopotamia. And, and, you know, when the kids start to come to me and say, well, this is no different than what the Assyrians were doing. It's just that Syria has gas and, yeah. and before they just had arrows and it's neat to see that it, while things seem to change so much, they haven't changed at all. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of, of, of if nothing else, the technology has allowed us to do, it's to have that relevance to students, you know, what you're saying. And, and we're seeing this more and more with the generation. I know we talked about this in the cadre as well. It's like, they need to see, it has to be relevant to them. You know, and they're so young. And I think that's the thing we forget. Like, this is the generation that was born after 9-11, which for many of us was a moment in our lives. Right. 
um, you know, here globally, not just in the U.S., but globally, that was a moment. And this generation doesn't have that. So mm -hmm. even think about from that concept, and then you're taking them back 4,400 years. I think uh -huh. it's just this really interesting way, and especially, you know, you're talking with sixth graders, which, you know, bless you for teaching sixth graders. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys are uh, the cream of the crop for sure. It's a rare breed. <laughs> it is a rare breed. I will, I will agree with that. Sixth grade teachers and kindergarten teachers, those two, I tell you, those, those are my... Uh, those are my go-to people. Talk a little bit about um, how you how you bring that relevance or that timeliness or connect to today. You know what mm -hmm. these kids are going to today and bring that into your classroom. Uh, can you talk about a project or or some unit yeah. you set up with kids this year and kind of how that went? Well, I really think that it. it I for his for when I first got into teaching, uh, obviously one-to-one -one computing was just on the verge of being something people would talk about. Yeah. Um, but my first uh, paid teaching job. I, right when I got done with my student teaching, it was mid-year and the principal of the elementary school that I did my student teaching with came to me and he said, I know you want your own classroom, but our media specialist and librarian is leaving and I want you to stay. So why don't you be our librarian and our computer teacher for the last half of the year and then next year I'll give you a classroom. And who's going to say no to that offer? It was, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and about a month into it, I said, you know, this media specialist thing, this is, this is pretty cool. Like I, we got it, we can do a lot of things. And so I ended up at the end of the year, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to go do something else. I want to be the librarian, which believe me, my buddies thought that was the funniest thing that ever heard. But I stuck around and was a librarian for a few years, but really kind of more on the, the technology end. And we were a Gates grant school. And so we had a lot of technology to play with. And taught myself how to you know run an iMac and make movies and had kids producing movies all the time <clears throat> and it was just excuse me um, it was just really eye-opening to me about how suddenly the school had no walls yeah yeah and anything was accessible e even you know in the early 2000s <clears throat> excuse me um, then I after that for a while I guess I started to realize I wanted my own classroom. I wanted to do things my way. I, I wanted yeah. to experience the guy. I loved kicking off these ideas, but at the same time, I wanted to see them through. And so yeah. Kent at the time was toying with the idea of going to one-to-one -to -one, and they were opening what was called the Kent Technology Academy. Hmm. And so I, if I remember right, we were the second school in the state to go one-to-one. -to -one. Wow. And it was a school within a school and we had tablet PCs and um, we, 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 we had a lot of fun learning what one-to-one -one computing was all like, what, was, what it was all about. And, and the thing that stood out to me is I remember really being the only people doing it and not having anybody to go talk to about how yeah. you have <laughs> what issue is going to come up. Um, I couldn't believe how good the kids were at being resilient and just rolling with it. And yeah. I quickly realized I don't have to know how to do this. I just got to show, I just got to tell them what I want and they'll show me how it's possible. Yeah. And about three months into it, some people came to me and said, well, what do you think about being one-to-one? -one? And I remember distinctly my answer being, I'm going to love it. Yeah. And I go, what do you mean you're going to love it? And I go, well, don't quite have it figured out how, to, how best to do this. But once we have really figured out the power of these computers, the possibilities are gonna be endless. Yeah. And so, so here awesome. we are, however many years later, truly are that um that powerful and so 
Um, eventually I made my way to Enumclaw and we were starting a one-to-one -one program and I'm like, here we go again. I got this. <laughs> um, and it really is just letting the kids come in and what they're passionate about and what they're interested in. And then I give them the overview of what we have going and then they're able to take it and, and make it so much bigger and better than what I expected um, through what you had us do this year. Um, and, and putting me in the role of a student, which has been a while where yeah. I was blogging and I was the one making the, the videos or the vlogs. I've been <laughs> making kids do this for a long time. This is hard. And so <laughs> we need to realize what torture I might be putting them through. But then it gave me some great ideas to come back and maybe have a little bit more direction mm. And what I was using is in, I mean, I've never been like, we're going to make a movie just for the sake of making a movie. Sure. Right. But this year, I think what I changed about how I taught that has just been so powerful is that I took the, the blogging idea and I was really hesitant with doing that with sixth graders just because I didn't know how much I wanted out there. And so yeah. eventually what I decided to do is taking your ideas about blogging, I had them create a blog for historical version of themselves. Mm, so they cool. created something where they had to almost take on the role of somebody at first in the stone age. And then after they did all that, they had to make a vlog about a person living in the bronze age. <laughs> oh, cool. And then they had to take on a third role where they had to write a, a like a, a reply to the person in the bronze age about what they had to say and which would be better is in the bronze age or the stone age. So all stuff that would be historically impossible to happen. Right. In the end, they had taken on three different roles. And then I put, uh, I, I, I had them after this was all done. A focus of our school this year has been um, like a historical analysis is what we call it in the history department. But essentially they got to write a claim. They've got to have evidence and they have to have rationale and their rationale blew me away because wow. they had taken on the role of someone living in the stone age. They took on the role of somebody in the bronze age. And then they took the role of, you know, somebody who disagreed with whatever, whatever somebody from the yeah. bronze age said about what life was like. And then we moved into more of the ancient civilizations where, okay, we're learning about Mesopotamia, but they have just become really good. At, okay. Well, if I was living in Mesopotamia, this was what my life would be like, or yeah. Living in Egypt, this is, oh, if I want to be the Pharaoh versus if, I, if I'm, you know, somebody low in a lower social class. And as a result of having to take on roles early, they automatically take on roles now. Mm. But yet the way they can take evidence and like live it, it's, mm. make, it's making their rationale. So the evidence is this, but what's that mean? And for the first time in a long time, I've had kids that can really answer that question of what it means because they can put themselves in whatever scenario they're trying to analyze. I love that. Yes. I love that idea. And so did you do the, the, the blogging part then? Was that towards the beginning of the year so that you were able to build off of that idea? Is that about when that hit or, or as you're thinking about next year, are you changing where you might do well, that so you can build well, on that? More? You know, I don't care if I only have one thing to teach. I'm going to be behind by the second week of school. Yeah, it's so true, right? So, <laughs> it just is. With everything that we did in our cohort, we kept getting told, you know, it's kind of about the quality, not the quantity. Well, shoot, now you gave me permission to be behind. So we were <laughs> so far behind. But, man, we understood what yeah, we right. 
what we what we had studied we understood but there was a long list of stuff that I still would like to get to um, but again if my goal is to teach kids how to think yeah they can go look up what they don't get from me because yeah. if they can analyze it themselves and they can think for themselves and not listen to what other people say but really be able to rationalize whatever it is I've done my job yeah that's that's what that's what we as educators need to do and that is that is the job skill. Like I was reading something again the other day. There's a ton of stuff coming out right now because uh, the 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 oldest of this current generation graduates university this year, and so there's a lot of stuff being written right now of like welcoming Gen Z to the workplace. Uh-huh. And what are all of these corporations doing to help the next generation become part of your company? And one of the skill sets that companies are looking for is exactly what you're talking about. This ability to take evidence and move my company forward, mm-hmm. to be able to critically think, put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you know, to think through what this is going to do to help provide um, access for the entire company. And it, it's so great listening to you talk about like, that's your focus. That's what you want. And here it is in a history context that that, that applies anywhere for these kids in life, you know? And to your point, I love that. We're all behind the second week of school. It's Mm -hmm. not about that content. These kids are going to walk away knowing how to think. You're right. If you do that, that that sets you up, that sets you up for life. You know, if you know how to learn, if you know how to think, if you know how to take evidence and apply it to your understanding, I mean, that, that is success, right? Right. You will be successful. Well, and Jeff, to add to what you're saying, I, I have seen, through the years, it seems like every group, like you said earlier about, oh boy, sixth grade, that's, you know, they're yeah. coming in, middle school's new, but it has felt like for a long time, every sixth grade group has less of an ability to think. And yeah. it's because of the way the system is structured. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't care what you do. I want you to be able to, you know, answer this. And, and, our, and our students have been taught that one plus one is two. And yeah. so when I give an assignment, it seems like, or I had been given assignments, they just want to know what's the one plus one so I can tell you two and I can move on. Uh, actually I had a conversation with somebody earlier today that this year's group, as much as I'd love to just take all the credit because of what we've been doing with the, the claims yeah. and the evidence rationale, I'd say this is the first group that I've probably had in 10 years where I really felt like they came in as better thinkers mm. than the year before I as in that. it seems like every year they've been going down and i'm really hopeful for here in the enum Claus school district with this shift of philosophy that's been going on i i think that this is a district thing as in now that the elementary school teachers before me are giving more of an opportunity for the students to learn to think I'm getting students more prepared to be individual thinkers and, and better rationalizers and, 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 and more independent and, you know, owning their education more so than what we had been doing. So I'm yeah. excited to where the direction we're going and only think that, you know, it's only going to get better as long as we keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, we talk a lot in, in education. I 100% agree with you. And I'm hearing about this uh, at a lot of different districts that, oh, there's something different happening. And I think, mm-hmm. a, I think a big part of it is, is, you know, we talk about in education, the, the pendulum, you know, swings back and forth. And we are coming out of this, we are coming out of, it doesn't feel like it because we all wish it was faster. We're coming out of this testing era. And that testing area was very much about the one right answer. 
right? Yeah. Like we've got to prepare kids. You've got to know how to, how to get to the answer. And of course that kind of pressure just permeates everything. And so kids then are focused on just tell me what one and one is so I can give you two. Exactly. Right? I don't, I don't know. I don't need to think because you're telling me I don't need to think. I just need to be able to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I think as we're coming out of that, we are seeing to and I, I love it, you know, from, from elementary all the way through, we are seeing a different focus on what learning looks like. And I think there is this just really powerful moment that we're finding ourselves in as technology truly takes a, takes a hold of schools. And I mean, you guys have been one-to-one for four years. You were talking about Kent's been one-to-one for over 10, but we're to the point where it's just a given, right? The, the technology landscape has changed and that's a given. And now that that is here to kind of be your base, all of a sudden there's this new focus on, on actual learning. And I think those two are melding really well together, you know, mm-hmm. to being able to set up a different type of learning situation, a different structure for learning that we just didn't have five years ago, eight years ago, you know, and, and I think there's just a lot of things coming together that we're really starting to see a snowball form, you know, I, right. just, I, I love that. And I thank you for that. Cause that's great to hear that, that you're seeing this, you know, mm-hmm. coming up, coming up through the, the grades as well. I think that's just fantastic. Very cool. Well, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. The last question is talk a little bit about this year long professional development that you were involved in with the Enumclaw you know, school district. Uh, you know, it was a, a, a year, it was blended learning. I think we had three face-to-face times together and then you guys were doing work in between. You were blogging and vlogging, you know, like you were saying, you were just put in the student role for the first time. Um, what, what, what did you get out of, as you reflect on the year that was this, what, what, what do you kind of, what, what's kind of your big takeaway from? from well, I, I, like I, yeah, well, I, like I said, um, you know, earlier about that it was, it was strange to be the student again and yeah. it was strange to be, asked to do some of the things that I would ask my students to do without realizing, oh yeah, it is hard to talk in front of the camera. And yeah. it's easy to tell someone, well, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It's yeah. okay because I'd be filming, oh, I messed up again. At one point yeah. I had my son. <laughs> he's like, oh, you're well, how many takes do you plan to take you, dad? Yeah. Come on, that was good enough. I'm like, no, that one's not good enough. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was good for me to experience that. And then more so, I think just you know, the other thing I said about how, yes, I'm always behind, but now that we're kind of going in this different direction where we're, we're really trying to find the passion of the students and, 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 and give them more opportunities to really dictate which direction the class is going to go and what, what is going to make them, you know, what are they going to get the most out of? As I started to fear, like, am I doing this right? Or am I taking too much time? It was so good to be able to read somebody else with the same concerns because then yeah. it, okay, if I, I'm not alone on this journey, I'm not the only one who feels like I maybe should be going faster because at the high school they're behind and, yeah. and, and at the other middle school, the English teachers got the same concern that I have. And so it made mm. in a, in a profession where really, and I'm the worst at it. I shut my door and I'm down here by myself all the time. This forced me to, to actually communicate with other people, but in a way that it wasn't like, I don't have time during the day to go talk to people. I've got kids, but right. when I would sit down and read a blog at night or, you know, in the morning as I'm kind of waking up, I would go, okay, good. I, I'm doing this right. And so yeah. it made me feel confident that I was definitely on the right track. Very cool. I like that. Uh, that's so great. I'm so glad to hear that. That that's great. And and I the the theme that's come out as we all spent this year together in learning, 
has been that like this just this ability to hear from other people to know that I'm not crazy. Other teachers have, you know, these same issues or we're struggling with the same type of things or we're, we're all headed in the same direction. It, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember that when I started blogging too. part of my I remember is part of it being you feel like you're out on an island. You're the only one that have these crazy ideas. And all of a sudden you surround yourself with other people who have those same crazy ideas and we're not crazy, you know, (laughs) we're just, we're all just trying to do the best we can for our kids. And that's really at the end of the day, you know, what teaching is. So, well, thank you so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for helping to get over the technical difficulties. Uh, I don't know what happened to my computer there. It's the first time it's ever freaked out, but I really appreciate you sticking with it. Uh, It was my pleasure. So, all right. Well, man, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hey, well, thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.